You are listening to the Manos Accelerator podcast in partnership with Google Launchpad. We interview rockstar entrepreneurs who share their exact formulas for success in customer acquisition, growth hacking, fundraising, or scaling a company. And I'm your host, Juan Felipe Campos. Okay, Manos Nation, remember, for every episode, there's a giveaway of digital goods or resources from our partners that other people would normally pay for. To enter the giveaway, subscribe to the Manos podcast on iTunes now, and then message the word Manos to m.me forward slash Manos Accelerator. Again, that's Manos to the website m.me forward slash Manos Accelerator to prove it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Manos Accelerator podcast. This is the Stacking Growth special, and today I am with Luke Baird. And what are you working on, Luke? So currently, I'm the founder of a company called SparkBit Solutions. We do website, mobile app development, and a lot of social media marketing for fashion brands within specifically the Western fashion space, such as Cowgirl Cowboy Stuff. And also, I am the host of the Cult of Startup podcast. That is amazing. Uh, tell us a little bit about your company's, uh, or your podcast or your company in terms of like either revenue or customer base or like some cool clients you've worked with to get us a little bit of context about how far along the journey you are. Certainly. So this last year we've doubled in size. I have three or four people that work for me outsourced. And this year I'm probably hoping to triple or quadruple in size wow. given the intake of people who are gaining interest in my company and the stuff that we're doing especially within this Western fashion space, there really doesn't seem to be anybody going after it that has like a Silicon Valley approach. Mm -hmm. But I myself was an ag business major in college. So I have a lot of friends and family in this space. So I think there's certain, a, a certain level of relationship to it. It's not like I graduated from Stanford in a degree in computer science. It's like I went to an agriculture school <laughs> and I actually happen to have sort of the chops from Silicon Valley to do this stuff. Right. Then in addition to that, I had the podcast, which is more of a passion project of mine and a way to build a network as well as sort of clout around other people. So it's, hey, I know you from my podcast. I can talk to you about growth hacking. You're somebody I can relate to or talk with about that. Um, podcast is roughly around 5,000 downloads per episode right now. So it's not huge, but I definitely have a loyal audience on it. It's something that in 2018, I really want to get up to over 20,000 downloads per episode. I nice. think it's doable given the things that I'm learning here and just my experience, but need to find the time to double down on it. But <laughs> I, I would say anybody who wants to start a podcast, there is nothing more valuable than sitting down with somebody and sort of picking their brain about a subject you like. Oh, wow. And that's exactly what we're going to do here. Luke, tell us a little bit about the importance of building a podcast, mm -hmm. like what you can get from it so that our listeners that are in Latin America and they're thinking, is this for me? Mm -hmm. You can say, well, this is what you can expect to get out of it. And then let's dive into... Once, once we're already sold and we want to do a podcast, how do we actually start getting traction okay. to that podcast? First and foremost of anything else, podcasting, I view it as blogging 2.0. So eight, nine years ago, people, everybody had a blog. Every business had a blog. It's going to sort of become that. So you're going to start seeing big brands like maybe a Best Buy or Williams-Sonoma start having podcasts. It's just going to be another section of their entire media platform. But also there's a time right now where these small sort of micro influencers can gain a lot of real estate early on and build a brand before you start seeing everybody else jump in. And I guarantee you probably one to two years from now, that's going to be a lot harder to really break that space. Um, I would say ask, ask yourself, what blogs do you currently read? It's probably far and few between. You're listening to more podcasts. So already the, the, the nature and behavior of an individual is changing to listening to that. So divide and conquer within that category. Number two, talking about getting your podcast out there and getting guests, et cetera, make sure anytime that you interview somebody, you try to get on their email list and whatever social media platform that they can deploy it on, mm. no matter what. And I, I've struggled with this personally and trying to get it done right and trying different 
copy, et cetera. The best way to do it is think of it, make it stupid proof for your guests to deploy it. So anything that they would have to write, produce, et cetera, do it yourself and then hand it to them. So they literally just go right. copy, paste, deploy, done. You give them the link that they should share, it's tracked, et cetera. Saves you a lot of time and a lot of heartache because at the very beginning, I just kind of said, hey, podcast is out, can you share it? And I had like a one to five share rate. Right. Now it's like three out of five, four out of five. And the, the one that doesn't share it is just, they're lazy. Right. <laughs> or they, right. maybe they don't like the content, which I, I think does happen at times. Like, ah, the quote that you used, I don't really like. But, you know, ask your guest, hey, why, why didn't you share it? Be, be candid with them. And the third piece about podcasting, which is not necessarily about deployment and growing an audience, a podcast is an opportunity to learn. So if there's a specific subject matter that you want to learn more about, start a podcast about it. People enjoy talking about what they're I good at. That. Like, <laughs> I, I myself, I had two failed startups earlier on. I sold parts of them, and then eventually I sort of started this consulting agency. But at, like, the core of my heart, I really enjoyed podcasts, and I enjoyed startups. Like, that was, like, who I was. That's why I got in this community. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing today. And I wanted to meet more founders, but I'd built my network up by having two failed startups. So I'd always call like my advisors and stuff like that to be my first podcast guest. <laughs> hey, Michael, would you be my first podcast guest? You know, you'd be like, yeah, of course, Luke, no problem. I'd love to be on your show. You know, and I even had one of my biggest advisors the other day. I had a meeting with one of my clients and him. And he's like, when the hell am I going to be on your show, man? So it's gotten to a point where I'm starting to get demand <laughs> on it. But aside from all that, like it's an opportunity where I could sit down with someone like you want and be like, hey, tell me about growing your business. Mm -hmm. And I like to like siphon out those stories mm. and those stories inspire me. And every time I finish a podcast, I walk away going, wow, I learned so much. Yeah. And it's, it's a, I want to say a selfish thing to uh -huh. some degree because I, I do have an audience and I ask them, hey, what questions would you like me to ask this guest that's going to come on, et cetera. And I do sort of give them a shout out. But overall, I kind of am doing it selfishly. I want a lot of it is your own curiosity. Yeah, it's my own curiosity. Yeah. I'm sort of scratching my own itch. And I, I'm exposed, I've been exposed enough to startups to kind of know the, the intricacies of like a funding round and what that means and the legal ramifications of doing certain things. But I, I try to always go, hey, tell me about the first time you, you met with an investor. Give me that play-by-play. -play. That to a listener is so much more valuable than how did you get your first round of funding? Right. It's the story and that intricate moment that I try to dial into that changes how the interview happens. Um, it's all it's all about that minute moment, and hopefully, and you'll you'll come across this as, and I don't want to divert too much here, but in interviewing people, some people are good storytellers and some aren't, mm -hmm. and you'll eventually realize that oh, like this person's not a good storyteller. Uh -huh. At which point, you have to improvise and maybe contribute on your own or rework how you're asking questions, etc. Sure. Hopefully that wasn't too much of a tangent. No, I love that. I love that. Let's start getting real tactical on how to actually start getting a lot of uh, downloads to a podcast. So mm -hmm. what are some things that you've learned that if I start my own podcast, and mm -hmm. I am starting my own podcast, but yeah. if I'm a listener and I'm starting my own podcast, what are some of the things that you've learned that I can do to start getting traction on my own content? Opposite of everything I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, easy, easy way to really win right away is release multiple episodes. Okay. Um, in your first sort of on-go. Uh, at least to my knowledge to date, Apple's algorithm favors that. So if you release four to six episodes right away and you're getting multiple listens per episode, that'll float you up. And you really want to get on new and noteworthy, but I've also heard that not getting on new and noteworthy doesn't make or break you. So it's, it's kind of more like, all right, a badge of honor, but what really defines you is how far you go past that. Um, a really interesting statistic is that 
somewhere around like 80% of all podcasts don't go past like episode 10. There's a, a huge wow. drop-off rate. Huge. Wow. So if you think about it like, oh, there's somewhere north of like, and the number is changing all the time, like half a million podcasts, but 80% of those didn't make it past episode 7 to 10 or something like wow. that. Wow. So you're still kind of in an elite group if you think about it, if you get past that number. Um, another big thing in launching a podcast is getting reviews. Get reviews like crazy. Those are sort of like jet fuel in your rankings as well as other people come to your podcast who read reviews. And I, I actually so far in mine, I don't have one bad review yet. I have all five stars. Nice. But there's been a good chunk of family and friends and a couple of people intermittently. And I, I slightly wish that I had like one person who gave me a four out of five star <laughs> just so it seems real. Right, right. So I would say... Um, <laughs> maybe get your first 55 stars from friends and family and then have one person give you a four out of five stars and allow it to sort of give you that layer of authenticity that instead of just like, this show is perfect. Right. Obviously it's not. <laughs> so be, be genuine with yourself that you, you're going to mess up on your content. Other things, I think your question is just about getting started. Um, don't worry about mic setup. I mean, you can pay for a decent system that will run you $1,000, but your iPhone will be totally fine. Mm-hmm. If you go back, I, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the first episodes of Lewis Howes or Pat Flynn and listen to how the their audio quality. It's atrocious. Oh, yeah? It's terrible. I, I haven't. Okay, yeah, wow. Like, it's staticky. It's kind of hard to understand. The leveling's off. So understand that those people had to come from somewhere. So you can work your way up into being that. Just like a blogger would. A blogger's first blog doesn't get a lot of views. You've right, got to get right. that momentum and consistency and actually get out there and do it. I myself, I first started with a terrible intro. It wasn't that clean. The audio wasn't as balanced as I would like it to be. There was a little bit of static. And about five episodes in, I learned, oh, there's this one tool. I changed the static. Six episodes or seven episodes in, oh, I learned that I could level out That's audio awesome. with this tool. Did you know anything about audio or editing nope. audio or anything like that before getting started? The closest I had is that I did film in high school and okay. I was really, really into the intricacies and... Um, getting like the right levels because yeah. like if you're a viewer in a film you don't realize how important audio actually is to the end viewer so that that sense sort of like was instilled in my head early on so I could figure it out but even then I was kind of like well let's go into iTunes let's see um, what programs were you using or, so, are, 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 yeah Sorry, not what programs were you using because that's going to be historical. It, more advice. What mm -hmm. programs do you recommend using? So base level and I still use it to date Audacity uh, anything you want to learn on Audacity. Okay, one, <clears throat> learn how to cut a clip, learn how to split a track into separate mono channels, um, and all these things I should have said before, look up on YouTube. There's tons of tutorials about it. Um, number three, learn about noise cancellation, which is the part that eliminates all of the static from it. Mm -hmm. um, and then kind of within that, just basic editing, like being able to drag tracks and line them up, uh, cut out the ums or certain words that you don't want to have in there. I've kind of gotten to a point and I sort of in some of the presentations that I've heard of this weekend, a lot about just like, just freaking release it, which is probably what I'm going to be doing more often now. Sure. And then the last piece before I forget is running the file through a service called Audiophonic, which is just an extra, extra layer that you can do that balances the entire audio track. And I've used that. I have like six emails set up on it. You get like two free hours a month. Um, <laughs> I didn't say that. Sorry, Audiophonic. If you find this, I'll, I'll pay you some money. I'm sorry. But um, it, it basically, my goal was like, if somebody's listening to my podcast, I don't want them to be in the car like 
turning it up and turning it down. And when I figured that out, I was like, this is something that I should just do with every podcast. I export from Audacity, MP3, upload Audiophonic, and what I do in that intermediary time is I finish my show description in Libsyn. Um, and other stuff, I guess, podcast. Use Libsyn, super easy. There's a couple of other podcasting tools out there, but Libsyn's sort of the, the thought leader within the space, and they're making a lot of improvements. And, and what is Libsyn? Um, it's a hosting service. <coughs> so all podcasts aren't hosted on iTunes, which most people don't realize. You actually host on a separate server and deploy to multiple platforms. So I deploy. So that's the aggregator that gets it yeah. on Spotify mm-hmm. and okay. Mm-hmm. It's like your RSS get, feed. It's like thing. an RSS feed. Does it get it on SoundCloud as well? I don't think you can deploy to SoundCloud quite yet because SoundCloud is kind of like a separate thing. Right, you right. You got to pay to be on SoundCloud. Do you know how many platforms you can deploy to? Um, the big ones that I'm on, I would say do iTunes, Stitcher, um, Spotify now is allowed on it. And I think there's one that's some other like Microsoft Word, or not Microsoft Word, but a Microsoft one that you can deploy to. Okay. Like if you get those three, like you're, you're covering what 90% of people all listen to podcasts on. Yeah. Um, also understand a lot of people are downloading third-party apps for right, podcasts. Right. So um, if you can connect a, a handful of those people, it's definitely going to benefit you. I had somebody, I'm bummed I can't remember the name of it, but it was uh, a podcasting app that was up and coming. And he's like, he was like head of content for them. And he had followed me on Snapchat. And he's like, dude, I'll give you like a feature for three days. And I was like, hell yeah. Nice. <laughs> so getting in contact with those kind of people would be a great way to growth hack your viewership. Okay, Manos Nation, do not forget your chance to win digital goods and resources on every episode right here on the podcast. It's very simple. You just subscribe to the show on iTunes, and once you've done that, message the word Manos to m.me forward slash Manos Accelerator. Subscribe on iTunes and then message Manos to the website m.me forward slash Manos Accelerator. See you on the next one. I love it. You heard it here first. Luke, thank you so much for sharing with us your experience. Luke, growing his own business, two failed startups, but leapfrogging into a successful business right now, scaling his company from uh, zero to, or from one to four employees, now wanting to double, triple, maybe even quadruple his business this year. Um, CEO, producer of Cult of Startup, the podcast. Mm -hmm. What's the best way to stay in touch with you? Um, You can reach me at cult of startup on literally every single platform. Okay. So Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, etc. But also if you hit me up on LinkedIn, that's where I'm spending most of my time and I'm most likely to respond to you within a short period of time. Okay. Um, as I've grown my following, I've realized the inundation of messages gets a little crazy. <laughs> so if you do want to get in contact with me, do something creative <laughs> and I'll live and be like, oh, what the hell? That that girl tried to get in contact with me. All right, I'll pay yeah. attention to you. So that that would go for anybody who's looking to get in contact in contact with somebody who feels like they're just super busy with stuff. Right. So that or LukeHBate at gmail.com. I usually check that too. Perfect. <laughs> thanks for much for thanks so much for sharing with us. Excellent. Thank you, Thank man. You.